Um, so today what I want to do with you guys is show you a few of the different ways that letters can be can be done to kind of tell different stories or different, um, you know, convey different moods. You guys have a cricket? Yes. yes. Nice. Very cool. And but that's frogs all. and a tackle. <laughs> and a frog. Oh, wow, you got a lot of stuff. And awesome. Sweet. And a Welcome to the Curve Cast from Handling the Curve. I'm Ryan Hamrick. This week, uh, I had the great honor of being invited into my daughter's third grade class to spend a whole hour teaching them some fun lettering styles and techniques and just drawing with the kids. And you talk about a fun and rewarding way to spend your time. I mean, these guys were so into it, so engaged, and just incredibly interested in me and what I do. Sweet. All right, so everybody's got sharpened pencils. Well, if anybody doesn't know me yet or doesn't remember me, I'm Lyric's dad, Ryan, and I am a lettering artist and designer. So what I do for a living is I basically take letters for things like companies' logos or for like advertising and stuff, um, and I make letters look really, really cool and unique for, for companies to use in their in their products and stuff. So it's a lot of fun and I get to sit at home where I work and draw all day long, which is pretty Yay! pretty sweet gig. You get paid for that? I get paid for that. <laughs> right? That's what I was thinking too. And um, you know, once I found out I could actually make money doing this stuff, I was really, really excited. So like most schools these days, our elementary school does not teach cursive handwriting as part of their actual curriculum at all anymore. Um, on her own, and partially because I was a parent in her class and was planning to come in at the end of the school year already, my daughter Lyric's teacher pushed for the whole third grade team to throw some cursive packets together and let the kids work on them for these last two weeks of school, which is awesome, but you know, this was not a requirement and there's not going to be any ex expectation from their fourth grade teachers next year uh, for them to have remembered any of it over the summer or to be able to use it at all for schoolwork. I hear you guys are learning cursive the last couple weeks, right? Cool. What do you guys think of it? When I was this age, uh, and the same goes I think for, for most people old enough to be listening to this show, um, learning cursive was a real part of the curriculum and you know once you learned it we were actually required to use it, especially on written papers for English classes and other writing assignments. And I'm not that old, but even when I was in school it, it wasn't an absolute given that nearly everyone would have regular access to a computer to type and print assignments out and most papers were to be written out by hand. The funny thing is, at the time, I didn't necessarily feel the same way about this idea of cursive writing that I do today. So I remember when I was actually learning cursive in school, I hated it. Can you believe that? I used to think it was the dumbest thing ever, and I, I would never use it in my life, and that I it was stupid to have to learn it. And now here we are, I do it for my job, so. Do you think it's dumb? They thought that was pretty funny too. But I don't know if it's because cursive hasn't been presented as this 
important thing that they need to learn and use or what, but the attitude that I once had towards this stuff could not be found among these kids. They were so interested and excited about being able to create these fun and unique letters and stayed focused uh, and right there with me for the entire hour. Bring a pencil. Let me tell you what, let me get my iPad and see what it looks like underneath the little scanner here. Yeah, it's your technology day now, Dad. <laughs> it's my technology day, that's right. Let's take, somebody give me a letter. J. 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 I heard a couple J's, okay. Why don't we do it, why don't we try another letter? Who's got another letter? H. 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 It's a good letter. H is a good letter. It was the first one I heard, so it won't be the last one I do, I'm sure. H is the first letter of my last name, so that's a good initial for me. Our. Our last name, that's right, Lyric. I'll use a different pin here. It's kind of a squiggly line, but that's how I do my signature. What was that other one? Is it an R and an H Oh, my R.H. combined logo. Uh, well, I've got a couple different ones of those, but I think Clear wants to show you a couple. And um, if you guys want to like ask me to do an example of a certain letter, sure. What letter do you want to do? A? A? Okay. Exactly. All right. That's the cool thing about these cursive letters, too, is that a lot of them are made up of like the same basic shapes, right? So once you kind of learn the, the different strokes that are most common, then you can kind of get really comfortable with making those lines and those, those shapes and use them to build all different kinds of letters, which is really cool. But what I like to do is I come from the top here, and I bring a little swoopy line down like this. Curl it around like that. And then if I'm feeling really fancy, I'll take this and bring it right through the middle like that. So now, yeah, it does look like a pretzel. That's right. A lot of my letters look like pretzels, for sure. Yeah. So I'll draw a line from there down to where that one would be. Isn't that cool? And then you can do like little shading lines like this. We could have kept this up all day long if they didn't have to immediately leave for lunch when we were done. Earlier in the school year, I came in as part of a school-wide uh, career day type thing and presented to about six different groups of kids throughout the day about what I do for a living and got to show them some of my work and talk about some of the companies and people I've worked with. And Lyrics class got to be one of the groups that I talked to that day. Well, apparently, um, ever since they got to see my work and some of the cool things people like me do with letters and the awesome companies and people that pay for lettering, um, they've been all about it. <laughs> I was told that they spent most of the second half of that career fair day drawing letters and looking at my website some more, which is just so cool. Probably the best part about all this for me is that I get to spend a little extra time with my daughter and she seems pretty proud of me. I'm not sure how long that'll last, but I'm going to take every bit of it as long as I can get it. I obviously don't know if I would have felt differently about Cursive 2 had it not been a mandatory thing or if we'd been more exposed to examples of lettering work that was particularly inspiring or tangible as a thing in the world with value and relevance. I think at that time, in the 80s and 90s, 
we were in this strange period where digital forms of communication and graphic production were really becoming the standard in a lot of ways and where custom lettering was seen as something that would just naturally go away soon. Um, but when cursive was still something being taught because it's just something that's always been taught. Sort of a, a period of uninspired routine rite of passage that just hadn't quite been deemed irrelevant yet. But now the situation is sort of reversed, right? Lettering and the use of beautiful script fonts has seen a massive resurgence in the mainstream in recent years. Um, but in education, it's it's widely treated as something that no longer has an important place in the world of more universal access to technology and the ease and convenience of just typing things out. Could this become a cyclical thing? Um, based on the ever vacillating focus of our attention, like now that cursive and lettering is a more culturally popular thing again, um, will we see a return of its focus in schools? Once this current generation that hasn't been taught the ins and outs of cursive comes of age and begins creating more of the culture in the world, um, will the emphasis and appreciation of script letter forms ebb once again? Call me selfish, but if kids and soon-to-be adults can no longer read my work because it may as well be written in a different language in a lot of cases and they can only maybe pick up the message from the context, then my work is far less valuable at that point. At the end of the day, I think it all comes down to the standardization of school. Um, it's hard to include cursive writing in a standardized test, and any public school teacher will tell you that they barely have enough time in the year to teach these kids uh, for what they'll be tested on, let alone any extra frivolous things like writing by hand when they have iPads and Chromebooks for every student. And I get their dilemma. And anytime I've been at the school, I, I see teacher after teacher coming up to me and telling me how badly they wish they had the time to focus on cursive instruction. So the desire is still there, but what do we do with it? How do we break the cycle of waxing and waning interest in cursive and lettering? How do we keep the joy and freedom of expression available to us in script alive in a system of standardized education and cramming so many other things into an already packed school year? Well, if you couldn't tell, this is something I've come to care quite a bit about in the years since my adolescent disdain for a curse of writing, and I have some ideas for where to go from here, so stay tuned for more discussion on this topic and maybe even some movement in the direction of some modern solutions to this problem in the near future. When we come back, our guest this week is someone who also cares a great deal about cultivating and fostering the resurgence and growth of lettering and great typography, the founder of Good Type, Brooke Robinson. That's up next. This episode of the Curvecast is brought to you by Baselime Studios, the lettering and design shop of yours truly, Ryan Hamrick. What? Yep, I said it. It's sponsored by me. Some of you may not be as familiar with my work as some others are, and since this show is just starting out, every minute I lovingly spend recording and editing these episodes is all on my time. Time that I would otherwise be spending on client work, um, you know, that stuff that helps pay the bills right now, so... 
For now, I'm going to shamelessly plug my own design business and let you all know, if you didn't already, about what I do when I'm not recording a design podcast. Over the past six years or so, I've been fortunate enough to work with some amazing clients executing custom lettering work for companies like Google, Facebook, Target, Samsung, Hallmark, and American Greetings, Lululemon, Hershey, Jameson Whiskey, and Miller Lite, you know, just to name a few. If you're an art or creative director at your company or agency, or you're a small business even looking for a logo or package design, you name it, head to ryanhammerk.com to check out my work. And if you've got a project that we'd be great partners on, you can reach out right there through my site and I would love to hear about it. Thanks. My guest today is Brooke Robinson. She is a designer and an avid cyclist, um, but uh, the thing that she's responsible for that you're probably most familiar with is the Instagram account and now global powerhouse, Good Type. Um, welcome to the Curvecast, Brooke. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ryan. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So am I right in thinking that Good Type started as the Instagram account or was there like a, a Tumblr in there first or anything like that? started out as an Instagram account. I, uh, about three and a half years ago, I've always, you know, loved lettering and typography and the art form itself. And Instagram I found was a great resource for finding that sort of art. And so, you know, I had my own personal Instagram account and I would just kind of scroll, scroll through at the end mm-hmm. of the day and just kind of, you know, find all kinds of cool lettering and typography. And so I would take these screenshots to save them and over time it took up too much room on my phone and so i was you know i was like well i don't i don't want to delete all this This is such cool stuff and so i was like well you know i guess i could unload it onto another instagram account and you know tag the artist so i don't Mm -hmm. get in trouble just posting this you know these random pieces of art and it caught on literally overnight um i think the account good type got like 10,000 followers in like the first three months. Wow. And before I knew it, people were tagging good type, you know, asking for a feature and mm-hmm. it just, it just, yeah, it, there was, it was crazy. It was cool. So I just kind of grew it from there. I saw the demand and saw that, you know, it was something loved by more than just myself, by many others and kind of went from there and yeah, started out as an Instagram account and grew it, grew it all the other social medias, social media channels from there. Sure. Yeah. So you said like three and a half years ago, that was going to be my next question is how long ago did you start it? And I guess, um, ah, I thought yeah. for sure it was longer than that, but I guess well, not. I mean, on four years, I started, oh, wow. um, in the summer of 2013. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, so, so basically the, the inspiration to do this was just kind of like to, um, have a place to put all the stuff you were collecting then, huh? Just kind of mm-hmm. like a, a place to kind of catalog everything and have a place to reference and stuff for yourself. And, um, mm-hmm. turned out that a few other people were interested too, huh? A that, few that's cool. Other people <laughs> also interested. Yeah. And yeah. so then I, I, uh, kind of wanted to do more than just show- showcase art mm-hmm. and, a, a year or so later, I, that's when I started the Good Type Tuesday campaign to kind of encourage uh, the art form and elevate the art form and, mm-hmm. and inspire artists. Because, you know, as, as a designer, you if you're kind of losing a create, you know, you're, you're not as inspired or 
whatever, you need a prompt. <laughs> you need sure. someone to just be like, design this, you know, do you have an idea? And so that's where I came up with the, the Good Type Tuesday campaign and literally just would come up with ideas for people to letter and encourage the practice of lettering and, yeah. and, and inspire the community to kind of um, reflect on each other's work and give each other positive feedback and, you know, just get, connect on that level sure yeah yeah i know that that's a big thing in writing too right like writing prompts you know because right. uh you know writer's block is is a very real thing and oh, you know absolutely. why wouldn't that apply to um people who are drawing their their words yeah yeah cool well um so i was gonna say that this didn't really happen overnight but i guess it kind of did in a way um the way you make it sound in a couple months it was kind of really taken off but i mean you're pushing what nearly like eight hundred thousand at the time of this recording uh and your instagram following alone um yeah. and i mean what kind of things other than just you know consistently posting a, a very specific uh type of content to a, an audience that there's clearly uh, a massive audience for um you know, what other things have you done, if anything, to, to cause that kind of growth? Well, you know, it's not only something for the enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. People actually want to learn. So there are students of the art form, and there are a lot of students, and there are a lot of potential students, and there are a lot of people interested in, in learning the process. And so beyond just showing the final product, which I did start out doing, mm -hmm. I would showcase work in progress or whips. <laughs> right. And yeah, and that took off. I mean, people were just in love. They wanted they wanted to see the process. They wanted to know how how you got to this beautiful final illustration. And I think that really jumped the engagement quite a bit. And um and then noticing even furthermore the white space in the education side mm -hmm. of the art form. There isn't really that I know of a real solid, consistent, and accessible way to learn the vast variety of different, you know, many different forms of lettering sure. and typography. And so we've started kind of hosting workshops. And we did one during South by Southwest. We had um, Adam Vicarell from Flying from Colorado oh, sure. who joined us. Yeah. And that was uh, quite su successful. It was really cool. He, uh, taught a room full of about 60 participants in each one, which was pretty oh, wow. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, because we usually like to, you know, keep those limited. We haven't, that's the first one we've done and, you know, we're hosting a few more this summer. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, beyond just the good type Tuesday campaigns and then just showing the works in progress. And, um, I started a, uh, newsletter where we are showcasing uh, mural monday and so we find uh, a muralist out there doing awesome crazy huge mur murals and we do a little write-up on them and yeah it, it kind of just turning good type into a real huge content machine yeah, <laughs> going yeah. beyond just the instagram account and uh collab collaborating with artists um on curated pieces and kind of going from there cool yeah, and no, I've seen, um, and you probably have, have seen more of this than, than I have even, but there have been a few similar accounts that have, um, you know, kind of latched on to this idea that, oh, hey, people are very drawn to these accounts that are curating different typography and lettering and stuff. Let me mm -hmm. uh, build up this following and then all of a sudden turn it into a personal account and then right. look at all these followers. Like I, I've always admired, um, you know, first of all, that you have always been one of the ones that was, you know, very adamant about, you know, 
not posting anything unless you could give full credit and linking to people and stuff. And for me personally, it's always been very beneficial anytime you've shared any of my work for sure. And, and that's a great way to, to uh, for people to, you know, get a little bit of uh, attention onto their feeds and stuff too. And, and you've been an awesome guiding um, force to some of those people who are kind of up and coming and stuff. I know I've discovered a lot of people through good type, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, the fact that you're taking it and turning it into, um, so many other things uh, it has been awesome, and it's it's good to see it grow into something a little bit more meaningful than just you know, like you said, just a place to kind of dump the inspiration that you're coming across yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I remember when you did the um, the book last year, the first Good Type book. Um, you were talking a lot about uh, scholarships too, right? Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. still have some of that going on. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, so I started the Stay Sharp Scholarship. Um, when I first started Good Type and I saw the audience growing and I saw, you know, kind of the potential of where it was headed, I thought to myself, you know, there's got to be a way not only just to elevate the art form and expose the artists, but to really just give give back financially. Mm-hmm. Um and what I sat and I thought and I was like, what really, you know, kind of touches my heart and speaks to me and student loan debt is like my worst enemy. Yes. And it breaks my heart to know that, you know, some people, education is not an option. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't not pursue something because you can't afford it. And um, I thought to myself, well, you know, if I can you know, sell enough books or create a financial, a, a healthy financial situation where I can give back, I would like for it to be, um, in, you know, the student loan department. So, sure. you know, we haven't granted it yet. I want to wait until it reaches 10,000. Okay. Um, and so when it does, I, I haven't fully fleshed out the details because our audience is global. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know the ins and outs on gifting money all across, <laughs> you know, borders. And sure. So I've, once it does reach 10,000, we're, we're going to dive into the logistics and the specifics of it. But anyone seeking um, design school or higher education in in art, in art and design, we will uh, send out information on how to apply. Nice for that. Um, I know I've um, I've totally self taught myself in this this craft, and you know, not necessarily because I was starting out from the the get-go of you know purposely avoiding schooling and stuff it was just i i already had a family i had kids and and you know it just wasn't really something that was that was feasible at the time and just kind of dove in head first and taught myself but it's hard like it's not an easy thing to to teach yourself so um you know anybody that can get a good education and is interested in doing this stuff you know that's that's awesome and and having something out there to um to support that is awesome so yeah and you i went to your to your uh talk at um i'm drawing a blank what was it oh the aiga talk the aiga under the radar yeah and you worked really hard to get where you are and i think that's a common misconception of of lettering in typography and Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, people can just kind of jump in and take a workshop here or there and think that they've got a career out of it. Right. There's so much more to it, you know, and yeah. it would be, you know, it's cool to hear your story and how you got to where you are as well. Well, and I think that's just, um, well, thank you <laughs> very much um, for the kind words about that. And my my story is, is long and, and a little, yeah. little <laughs> winding, but um, 
you know, it's that's another big thing about showing, like you said, the work in progress and stuff. Like I, that was mm-hmm. another thing when I was first starting out and kind of showing my my progress and stuff online was, um, you know, I, I found pretty quickly that showing those behind the scenes um, shots and stuff of, you know, the 50 pieces of paper that I tried mm-hmm. <laughs> doing this particular mm-hmm. thing on and stuff and just kind of showing a little bit of the reality behind it was was huge right. and, and always did for me as well um, draw a lot more attention and and you know people seem to really really value those those kind of posts and stuff and, and you know you can learn a lot from that stuff too you know sketches and mm-hmm. stuff so mm-hmm. um, and it allows people to connect on another mm-hmm. level people it's hard for people to connect with it with a finished product right right yeah there's a lot mm-hmm. of um, comparison going on there where there probably shouldn't be in a lot of cases, you know, comparing your behind the scenes to everybody's, you know, highlight reel, as they say, whatever the, the cliche <laughs> yeah, phrase right. is. Yeah. Right. Well, cool. Um, you know, so what are your future, plan- future plans? I know you said you have some workshops going on and you're doing some work with, with Lauren Hom. She's awesome. Uh, oh Ken gosh. Barber in New York. Um and I just started noticing the the mural Mondays thing, and I just subscribed to the newsletter today. Actually, I'm glad you're doing that. Um, you know, what other kind of big plans do you have for for Good Type in the future? Yeah, so um, beyond just the workshops and, and more workshops and sort of trying to create uh, that curriculum, we are also working on a second book. Um, and this time, it's not being self published via Kickstarter. Mm. A, an actual publisher <laughs> picked picked it up and. Rizzoli is publishing the next good type book um, and it should be slated for a fall or spring 2018 release. Congrats. Uh, Yeah, thank you. And so that's on the horizon and we are doing a couple artist collaborations um, also with Ken Barber and really just growing the content side of the website. Mm -hmm. Um, Just you know, listening to our audience and our community and kind of gauging the interest of anywhere we can take good type. Um, right now the main focus is driving, uh, traffic from our Instagram to the website and really just, you know, creating that space to expose artists and elevate the art form and really just tell the stories of the so very many wonderful and talented artists that are out there right yeah a lot of good a lot of good stories out there a lot of very um smart and thoughtful people doing this stuff and it's Mm -hmm. awesome that you're um providing an avenue to to tell some of those stories and stuff too in addition to just posting some some visual eye candy so that's great yeah Thank you. Well, cool. I look forward to any opportunities we could have in the future to work together. I know um, we're we're both local, even though we've only met like once somehow. And that's, you know, very sad. And it uh, (laughs) happens with people that that work kind of for themselves. And, you know, you get get tendency to hold up. And, yeah, at least that's my problem for sure. I live way up north and um, away from everybody where all the cool kids are. (laughs) I'm way down south, so another probably haven't seen each other. Nice. Well, cool. Let's let's fix that. And I want to just thank you again for for coming on the show. This is a a very early days of this this podcast, but um, you know, I love having these kind of conversations and shining a little light on the cool things people are doing. So thanks again. I appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, where can people find you everywhere? Obviously, um, on Instagram, the Instagram is uh, <laughs> the is at good type, all one word, of course. And where else can they find you? 
Um, we can be found online at goodtype.us. Um, and then also we have a Twitter and a Facebook, which those are both love good type. Okay. And yeah, so that's, that's where we live online. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Brooke. And I'll talk to you soon. I promise. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Thanks. See ya. That's it for this week's episode of the Curvecast. Uh, this entire show, theme music and all, is recorded, produced, and edited by me here in my home studio in Austin, Texas. So if you enjoy it, it would mean the absolute world if you would subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and share it on social media as well. You can reach me at Curvecast at handlingthecurve.com if you or someone you know has an amazing project they're working on and would be a great guest for the show or if you're interested in sponsoring future episodes of the Curvecast so you don't have to hear me shamelessly plug myself uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at just Hamrick H-A-M-R-I-C-K and you can follow Handling the Curve on Instagram at Handling the Curve or on Twitter at Handling Curves I'm Ryan Hamrick and this has been the Curvecast from Handling the Curve Join me next week for more design discussion and a bunch of other fun stuff. See you then.